Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. Hello and welcome. This is Hannah, your host for today's special coronavirus episode. We're doing a series uh, of these episodes. If you haven't listened, we have already done a couple and I'll go ahead and leave some links in the description. But today I am joined by Louise Molina. He is a senior director at GFK in the Insights team. Uh, GFK recently came out with a new wave of the COVID-19 Consumer Pulse Study. And Louise is here to share some of the results with us. Welcome, Louise. Thank you so much, Hannah. Of course. So before we get into the data, can you give us a quick overview of the Consumer Pulse study and where the information is coming from? Sure. So um, this is a weekly tracking study conducted among adults 16 to 65 in 16 markets throughout the world, including North America, Europe, the Middle East, and Asia. It's a 20-minute online survey covering an array of topics related to the coronavirus, including financial outlook, daily habits like shopping, cooking, and exercise, attitudes towards companies and brands, media habits, and actual and planned purchases of both everyday staples and long-term big-ticket items. You mentioned that it's a weekly study. So what are some of the biggest shifts that you've seen from the first wave to the one that was just released? Sure. So so we're starting to see a kind of settling in in terms of people's attitudes toward the virus and the inconveniences that the virus has brought. So, for example, although American consumers feel, feel fairly pessimistic about the U.S. economy in the coming year, their own attitudes regarding their personal finances is positive and improving. Also, although the coronavirus itself and the economy remain the top concerns among Americans, secondary types of concerns like the quality of children's education and personal diets are starting to rise once again in importance. So there seems to be a kind of acceptance regarding the new reality. The crisis itself no longer dominates the way people think, um, and Americans are allowing themselves to think about and do things that are not directly related to the coronavirus. Leisure activities continue to trend upward, and people continue to say that they enjoy watching light forms of advertising more than they did before. So since the beginning, we've had a lot of news, a lot of lockdowns, a lot of new policy changes. Does the study connect any of these milestone events with the shift of consumer behaviors or attitudes during the pandemic? So the current measurement occurred a week after the Trump administration recommended that people start wearing masks in public, which is a rather uh, perhaps unsettling measure, one could argue. Uh, But it was also three weeks after the national state of emergency was declared and several states had issued shutdown orders and two weeks since Congress had passed the CARES Act. So in other words, the coronavirus and its effects was something the nation collectively had been living with for at least three weeks, if not longer. So it makes some sense that the period of kind of high alert was coming to a close. Um, And we should also recognize that the measurement overlap with Easter and Passover holidays. So to some extent, that could have settled people's moods. So who are the people who are most concerned that they're going to be infected by the virus? Well, about three-fifths of all Americans think it is at least somewhat likely they or someone they know will be infected by the coronavirus. The percentage is even higher among those who are more more highly educated and those living in larger cities. Uh, And this is a pattern we have seen consistently since we began tracking attitudes toward the coronavirus back in early March. And then who are the ones who are least concerned or the ones that feel maybe we're perhaps overreacting? Well, it's basically the converse of the previous answer. So those who have lower levels of education and those who live in rural areas are the least concerned. But still, about half of these groups indicate they think they or someone they know will be infected. That's interesting. So shifting a little bit more to the economy, how are U.S. consumers feeling about the economy's health and their own financial health? 
So this is uh, one of the more, the more interesting findings of this wave of data. As I mentioned earlier, Americans remain pessimistic about the American economy itself, with three-fifths saying it is worse than it was a year ago, and nearly three-fourths saying the situation, situation will not improve. Yet, despite the increasing ranks of unemployed, the number of Americans who think their own financial situation will be better a year from now is higher than the number who think it will be worse. Uh, there are a lot of questions about long-term consequences of the pandemic. Will people feel safe going to large public gatherings? Will the economy recover, uh, etc.? What are some of the top concerns that the study revealed? Um, well, the top two concerns by far are the health of the people themselves and the impact on the American economy. These are mentioned by over half of people as one of their top five concerns overall. Beneath that, um, people's personal health is also obviously a top concern. However, as I mentioned earlier, we are seeing some shifting in the types of things that most concern Americans. So things like shortage of basic necessities and the possible collapse of the healthcare system are starting to decline in terms of people's degree of concern. Conversely, people are becoming more and more concerned about the impact of the crisis on their children's education. Hmm. That's really interesting. But silver lining, people are less concerned. <laughs> yes. When someone has questions involving the virus, who do they go to? So the data is very clear here. Americans overwhelmingly trust medical experts such as doctors, researchers, the Centers for Disease Control, and the World Health Organization far more than they do politicians or the media. In fact, even though strictly from a news perspective, Americans struggle with distinguishing fake from real news, the overwhelming majority, 90%, feel at least somewhat informed about the coronavirus crisis. And who do people feel are really making a difference in the situation? Is it the policymakers in the government, the scientists that are studying the virus, medical professionals on the ground, or is it somebody else? So similar to what we just saw, Americans are most prone to believe it is medical institutions, doctors and healthcare providers that are doing the best job of helping American people. But there are other groups that are also recognized, albeit to a lesser degree. The second most mentioned group are the American people themselves, mentioned by 33% of Americans. Um, and state governments, law enforcement, and local municipalities are also mentioned by about a quarter of people. That's great that the American people feel like they themselves are doing a, a big difference. It really enforces a lot of those great stories you hear on the news about people giving back. Yes, totally agree. So one part of the study that I thought was really interesting is the part that really gets into people's habits and how habits have changed now that a lot of people are working from home and doing a lot of other things from home that they did not before. Uh, so what are some of the big behavior changes in people's habits revealed by the study? Sure. I mean, most of these changes are not going to surprise you, given that many of them are mandated or really outside of people's control. So people are shopping online more and more frequently. They're visiting stores and public places and visiting crowded places less frequently. They are traveling less, eating and cooking at home more often, but are also doing meal delivery and takeout more often. Um, however, somewhat surprising is the degree to which people are spending more and more time on leisure activities um, and also self-care, things like diet and exercise. In fact, despite the non-availability of gyms in many places and also restrictions on public gatherings and recreational spaces, people are now spending more time exercising than they did before the coronavirus crisis. I think that's going to be interesting to see maybe some trends on gyms after this. If some people weren't working out before, maybe they are now. We'll, yeah, we, who knows? We'll, we'll have to see. They're definitely exercising a lot more than they were before. Yeah. Uh, in terms of media consumption, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Uh, what are the biggest shifts in people's streaming choices? Uh, people are definitely, um, you know, watching more as there's not much else to do. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yes, the, the, the answer to that question is yes. People are definitely embracing the opportunity to spend more time consuming essentially entertainment media. Entertainment media. So we measure consumption of 21 different types of electronic media, and all but two of those uh, show a net increase in usage compared to before the coronavirus. Um, this includes not only watching a broadcast or cable television, but streaming services as well. Things like Spotify, YouTube videos, and also video on demand. And related to this, we also see that interest in paid subscription services like Spotify Premium and YouTube Premium is rising. So, so far we've talked a little bit about the economy and we've talked about what people are doing during the crisis, but how are companies doing right now? Yeah, I'm pleased to say that companies are actually doing quite well. So let's take a step back first. In, in one of our earliest measurements, we actually found that people were paying attention to how companies and brands are acting during the coronavirus crisis. But we also found that people were seeing more examples of companies being a force for good than of companies acting selfishly. More recently, we're also seeing that people are more satisfied with the efforts co uh, big companies and large retailers are doing during the crisis. Generally speaking, Americans remain okay with companies profiting by selling needed goods and services so long as they do not raise their prices unreasonably. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, so what businesses or industries are most affected by the stay-at-home orders throughout the country? Well, I think it's safe to say that all businesses and industries have been affected in some way, shape, or form. Uh, for one thing, the way in which people shop and therefore the way that products and services are distributed has by necessity had to change. So our data indicates that people are shopping online more often than they did before the crisis in order to avoid physical stores, and also that they're stocking up on everyday staples, which has an impact on supply cycles, meaning that companies have to adjust or at least calibrate their distribution strategies. Uh, over the short term, makers of fast-moving consumer goods, everyday staples, foods, um, cleaning products, these are most poised to benefit since these types of products are being purchased much more than before the crisis. Um, we've also seen um, how streaming behaviors have also increased. Conversely, we're seeing that people are definitely postponing large ticket purchases such as clothes, appliances, and furniture. Last question, thinking ahead, are, do you have any last thoughts on the impact on the future purchases as people eventually get back or get past the pandemic? Well, it, it does seem that people are starting to look ahead uh, to life past the pandemic, no matter how far off that is. So for instance, over two-fifths of Americans indicate they will splurge on a dream vacation as soon as they are able to travel. However, it's becoming increasingly clear that the nature of those trips will be very different than what we're used to. Um, camping trips, cabin trips, trips to national parks, these are the types of trips Americans have in mind, more so than places like theme parks, resorts, or cruises. Americans are also increasingly likely to say they will travel closer to home and that they will avoid international travel. Um, and people also plan to use their personal cars for travel rather than take air flights, which is a significant change from before the coronavirus crisis. Those two were pretty much um, even before the, the crisis. So these are fairly fundamental changes in the way Americans think about travel. And so there's an opportunity for travel and leisure companies to adjust and modify the way that they market to Americans based on these modified behaviors. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, sitting down virtually with me and answering a few questions. Uh, again, this is all coming from the Consumer Pulse study. This is a global study. Uh, all the answers that were, we talked about here were uh, from the U.S. region. Again, if anyone has uh, more questions or would like more information about this study, I'm going to leave a link for you guys down below in the description. Thanks, Louise. Thank you, Hannah. And now our closing segment, listen to this. 
This is Matt Pedersen from MRI Simmons. You may recall MRI Simmons revealed on this podcast that one-third of Americans fall into the nervous consumer segment in the age of COVID-19. As we dig deeper, we're learning more about that group. Listen to this. The nervous segment is more likely to be female and experience anxiety or depression. They over-index for self-care activities like running, yoga, and spa visits, activities that under many social distancing guidelines are now modified or unavailable altogether. This segment is interacting more with news media since the outbreak on cable news, social media, and in newspapers, both print and digital. A group that already shows anxiety being forced to modify their habits while still consuming media that likely perpetuates their anxiety is clearly under some emotional strain right now. What are they replacing these missing activities with? What will their bounce back activities be as social restrictions fade away? These are things that we'll be keeping an eye on and keep bringing to you on this podcast. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Thinking Ahead. For more information on today's topic, click the link in the description. We'll see you next time so you can keep thinking ahead.